You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Election College, episode number 285, Grace Coolidge. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts... Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Jason, we're back again for the 285th time. Actually, more than that, if you count some of our bonus episodes and, you know, whatnot. Uh, but we're here to talk about Grace Coolidge. But first, you know, we always do this this plug thing at the end of the episode. Today, it's going to be at the beginning. No skipping for you guys. Actually, you'll probably just, if you want to skip like 30 or 40 seconds, you can do that. Are we that, talking but... really fast now? Uh, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm talking so they can't go away from us. Oh. Yeah. So, okay. Remember, we have a Facebook group. Go to electioncollege.com slash group, mm-hmm. and uh, you can join up that group. Uh, we also want you to leave us a review and a rating that's awesome. That's helpful to us. And then, as usual, don't forget about that Amazon link. If you go to electioncollege.com slash Amazon, anything you buy, we'll get a small percentage of that. I just felt like we had to plug a couple things at the beginning of the episode for those people who, who bail out early. Yeah. Hey, people who bail out early and probably have 50 episodes of Election College on your device because you didn't finish listening to the last 50 episodes because you had two minutes left. We got you. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay, so <laughs> that's right. We're we're sneaky guys. So we're gonna talk about Grace Anna Goodhue. Well, we better know her as Grace Coolidge, and she was born in 1879 in Burlington, Vermont. Burlington's a cool town, from what I hear, but that's a different that's a different story. I might be going through Burlington, Vermont soon. Wow, Jason out there on the road, driving the RV, living the life. I'm sitting right outside the RV right now. Man, you're just there. I am a world traveler. How far from your home are you right now? About 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I totally uh, replaced the floor yesterday in the RV, so we're doing all kinds cool. of crazy stuff inside it, getting ready for a launch later this month. So, launch. I like that. That's a cool terminology to say we're driving. Well, I like it. We're leaving our house <laughs> For, forever at the end of this week. Anyway, back to Grace. Yeah. 
So she was of English ancestry, and her father was Andrew Goodhue, and her mother was Lamira Goodhue, formerly Barrett. And she's the only child, uh, which, you know, says a lot of things for the 1870s because there aren't a whole lot of only children, being that families were a lot larger back in the day. And her father is a deacon and uh, a religious man, and he kind of has some high and mighty posts. I mean, first, he's the steamboat inspector for the transportation company in Lake Champlain, and uh, President Grover Cleveland had actually appointed him to this position back in 1887. So her mom is teaching young Grace all kinds of things that young ladies knew how to do, like uh, knitting, cooking, cleaning, and gardening. But she begins her education at the young age of five years old. She pretty much goes through the Burlington public school system. Uh, she attends grade school, middle school, high school, and she is particularly interested in uh, studying Latin and French as well as the sciences in, while in high school. Now, she ends up going to the University of Vermont, and she founded the Vermont chapter of the Phi Beta Phi sorority. And she's involved in uh, forensics um, there. She's doing um, Shakespearean plays, joins the Glee Club, and get this, Ben, she's the first first lady to have earned her bachelor's degree. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. We mentioned that back in the Calvin episodes, but it's pretty cool Cool because there were not a lot of women who went to college, period, let alone that actually earned a four-year degree. So kudos to Grace for uh, being one of the first, well, being the first first lady, but one of the first women in general to not only attend college, but earn a degree. Yeah, and she is particularly interested in teaching deaf children and not only just like how to sign, but how to read lips. And this is going to serve her for her whole life. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a passion of hers and teaching the deaf children as well. Uh, going to be a passion of hers for a long time. Uh, but during college, that, that time when she was in school, she dated a few young men. And one of these guys, his name was Frank Joyner. It was pretty... Uh, inevitable that they were going to get married. And had she not met Calvin Coolidge, who was an attorney at the time in 1903, she probably would have married Frank Joyner and history would be a lot different than it is now. Um, but Coolidge is pretty reserved. She's pretty not reserved. She's, you know, kind of outgoing and really charming, I guess you could say. And they kind of make a good match for each other. Yeah, I like the way, because she's pretty outgoing and stuff, and um, <laughs> the way he proposes to her, I am going to be married to you. <laughs> How romantic, old cow. Yeah. And uh, get this, his, um, I'm sorry, her mom is like, no, I don't really like the guy. But Grace is like, hey, I'm going to marry this guy. He's mine. And... It seems to be kind of a rocky relationship there uh, with the son-in-law, mother-in-law dynamic kind of being weird. But actually, later on, Coolidge... Um, so you've heard about rocky relationships with in-laws, right? 
Well, <laughs> such was the case between Cal and Grace's mom. Um, they never did really get along, ever. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was even to the point where, and I mean, not that there's not some truth to this, but Grace's mom, after Calvin Coolidge became successful in the political sphere, said, well, okay, so you're successful, but it never would have happened without Grace. She was the one who catapulted you to that success. And again, yeah, there's some truth to that, but... The fact of the matter is they get married in 1905 in October and they get married in Burlington at the Coolidge house. So really interesting uh, how that transpires. And they honeymoon for about a week in Montreal. They end up settling down in Northampton, Massachusetts, and they settle down in a place that we now know as the Calvin Coolidge house. And that's their longtime residence there. Well, in 1907, when Calvage Coolidge, you know, this is just a couple years after they get married, he gets elected to the Massachusetts General Court. And then he moves on and serves three years as the lieutenant governor of Massachusetts before serving for two years as the governor of Massachusetts. Pretty much right away after that, he takes office as the vice president, takes office in 1921, and... Grace is kind of flying under the radar. They're not really a bombastic, outgoing, crazy, in the public's face kind of couple. Um, but people definitely knew who she was, especially as time went on. Yeah. So Harding dies, right? President Harding passes away. Calvin is the president. Uh, she's pretty much handling the social affairs of the White House in a way that honors her husband's wishes um but is doing it in a very tasteful way so it's kind of laid back not too outlandish but they do enjoy parties where they host people for um, kind of like uh they do host parties though um probably the biggest social engagement at the white house uh, during the coolidge administration was when they threw a party for charles Lindbergh uh, following his uh, transatlantic flight in 1927. Uh, they were known as being very devoted to each other, but as we mentioned in the Calvin episode, uh, the second Calvin episode, uh, she didn't really find out that he was not going to seek re-election re in 1928 until the press found out. Yeah, Which, that's a weird thing, right? I mean, that's like a huge thing that impacts her life. And she didn't even know about it until the press knew about it. Yeah, I think I would have gotten beaten upside the head if I wouldn't have told my wife about it. It kind of reminds decision. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure he had reasons for doing that, but I'm sure she was also kind of taken aback. Uh, it kind of reminds me, and this it's totally different, but sometimes I'll be at like a, a Rite Aid or something like that across from my business, and like look down and see my face on the front page of the paper for those who are unaware I am an elected official here in my town and I'll like see my face on the front page of the paper and I'm like I wonder what I did <laughs> so <laughs> that has got to be a weird feeling it is a very weird feeling um and somehow they always get a new shot that I was unaware they took at a meeting or something but anyway uh do you look like it's a mug shot like is it always they get I mean I, I'm a little bit object or i'm not very objective here but I, I sometimes feel like they're pretty good pictures but then sometimes they're pretty bad pictures too they're, they're just I, I don't have a naturally smiling face so sometimes 
I'll be totally happy, but they'll get a picture of me and it looks like I'm angry. And I'm like, I don't remember being angry when they, when that happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I can imagine that's kind of what she felt like. Hey, oh, wow. I read in the newspaper, Calvin, that you weren't going to run for office. Did you think you might want to tell me about that? <laughs> so in 1931, I mean, she's very influential. People like her a lot. She throws these parties, but they're really dignified and, and not pretentious at all. And she receives a gold medal from the National Institute of Social Science. And then in 1931, she's voted as one of America's 12 greatest living women. And uh, needless to say, there's a lot of women to choose from. So that's a cool honor. Yeah. Well, as you know, uh, Calvin passes away shortly uh, after he is out of office uh, on January 5th, 1933. He's only 60 years old. He dies of a sudden heart attack. And even though Grace was without her husband for, wow, a couple of decades, uh, she continued working hard uh, on behalf of the deaf. She was also active uh, in engaging with the Red Cross uh, and, um, you know, putting together scrap drives and things like that during World War II. She really kept private, although... She was known as a very pleasant person all the way until her passing in 1957. It's kind of interesting to me, Jason, because now when we see first ladies, I mean, they have they have a big job, too. I mean, the president is obviously making much different types of decisions, but the the first ladies oftentimes have their own staff. They have their own calendar. They're going out and having appointments and stuff like that. She maintains kind of the same level of work and the same level of um, notoriety from before she was the first lady during being the first first lady and then after being the first lady as well and so kind of just seems like a very grounded woman uh, was very popular even though she wasn't exactly bombastic or anything she she wasn't out there trying to get people to take um, photographs of her and stuff like that and people liked her uh, they buried her next to her husband and her son in Plymouth Vermont after she passes away and uh yeah she 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 loved pets she had a couple pets she had a dog she had a raccoon <laughs> which i love <laughs> that story <laughs> yeah go ahead okay so rebecca was the name of the raccoon and it was the coolest pet <laughs> that's the perfect name for a raccoon by the way yes well okay they the people i don't know who decided and ladies and gentlemen do you eat raccoon? Like, is that something that people do? But that's precisely what happened. Uh, Rebecca was from Mississippi, and she was sent to the White House to be served for the 1926 Thanksgiving dinner. And the Coolidge's were like, Oh, hey, Rebecca, <laughs> we don't want to eat you. Um, here are some fish. Here are some shrimp and uh, persimmons and... Uh, how about some eggs? Um, and the White House, go ahead, make it your home. Go ahead. And uh, here's a leash when we go outside. Um, so oh, I, wonder if, I wonder if Rebecca had a litter box or something. I don't know, but I'm sorry. If there was a raccoon in my house, I wouldn't be too happy. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, what other are there? There's probably we should probably do an episode sometime on on White House pets because I know there have been a few different ones that were not like dogs or cats like we normally see. People have pets these days. Yeah, 
There's even a White House pet museum out there that Really? Yeah. I don't know too much about it. Hey, if anybody knows about it, do let us know because I have searched on the internet to find out where this place is and I saw something about it being in Williamsburg and I think I saw a billboard for it in South Carolina. So if you know anything about it, we'd love to do some research, maybe even from yeah. a firsthand account. Yeah, drop some info in the Facebook group. Again, that's facebook.com slash group. I'm sorry, that's not right at all. Don't do that. It's electioncollege.com slash group. And uh, shout out to Johnny, who has been posting some cool stuff of different places he's visiting. Uh, visited uh, Lincoln's Cottage recently, which uh, my buddy Kevin works at, actually. So um, make sure if you're seeing any historic sites or even if you just see a marker along the side of the road, you post that in there. Uh, those are always cool. And again, don't forget to sign up for that group. It's uh, electioncollege.com slash group. And we'd love to have you. Yeah. And uh, don't forget to leave a rating and review because that does help get the podcast in front of more people. If you're listening to this right now, you're pretty much a rock star. And you've probably already done that. And you've probably already joined the Facebook group. And uh, who knows, you might have even purchased something using our Amazon affiliate link. And you might have even joined us for Patreon because let's face it. You're pretty late into the podcast right now, and I'm starting to ramble, but we do have a Patreon account, electioncollege.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash electioncollege. It'll get you there. We'd love to have your support, but, um, you know, we understand. Thank you all for listening very much, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time.